get there if you will. And um, I've told Pastor I'm, I'm dealing with old age stuff. Uh, I have I have fuchs dystrophy, and it's affected my my sight. I've been back and forth on whether to have the uh, corneal transplants, and so that's where I am. So I brought uh, uh, this with me, and if you see this, come on, uh, it's helping me. <laughs> All right. And then Pastor recommended just a little bit ago uh, the uh, iPad. I could get all that stuff on there. <clears throat> and then we had um, a meal yesterday afternoon. We got back to that wonderful place that we're staying, the uh, Airbnb. and Beautiful. Thank you for that. And then I started having this trouble. And um, so, if you just pray about that, that's why I was not out and shaking hands here um, today. So, I had a little sore throat. But... What I have on my heart, and I got more to say, but uh, what I've got on my heart today is uh, probably not going to. Um, um, this is the kind of church that, huh, if, you're, if you're not a member here and you're looking for a church, it's the kind you want. But um, probably the message uh, has a narrow, more, more narrow than normal audience. <clears throat> and um, I just, um, I feel like this is it. Now, uh, after lunch, the Lord be my helper. Um, I feel at this point, Pastor, that what God has on my heart is killing your own giant. And let me just, I'm not going to preach, but I'll just go ahead and tell you. There's so many people trying to kill everybody else's giant. And so, if, if the Lord will allow that, um, after, uh, you know, we eat and have a little fellowship and all that, get back in here. Maybe, just maybe, just maybe there's somebody in here that you've been trying to kill somebody else's giant and yours is the problem. Maybe we can get to that in, uh, over in the book of First Samuel, all right? And I, I had a whole bunch of other stuff to say, but um, uh, former church members, God bless y'all, um, Mike and, and uh, Florence back there and Rod and Lisa and so many others that have come through. But I'd appreciate your prayers this morning. <clears throat> if you would, uh, I'm just an old-fashioned preacher. I think this is our eighth trip up here, uh, I believe. And um, I, have, I have bragged on this church. And that's, sometimes that's, uh, you know, some people don't understand what they got, you know. But I bragged on this church and so many people that I've said, if you go to Anchorage, you need to go uh, over there to Independent Baptist. Let's go to God in prayer. You're in Matthew chapter 5. And I'm seeing pretty good up here, so I may not have to use this. So we'll know in a few minutes, all right? <clears throat> Father in heaven, what a, what a privilege it is, Lord, to step up one more time, uh, Lord, with the Word of God right here before me and preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. And, Lord, to maybe, Lord, by your help, touch on something that will help somebody along their way in life. Most of all, I pray that you'll get all the honor, all the praise, the glory. And we will praise you and thank you. If there be somebody here, Lord, today, unsaved, unsure, I pray this will be their day, just like it was my day on Father's Day 1972. I pray this will be their day. Lord God, if there are people that are searching for a church, and I, I, I ask you, please, if, it, if this would be your will for them, You'd make that plain, and we'll give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise over that, too. Most of all, you'd be magnified and glorified, 
And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And you know, I've, I've stepped up to the pulpit some eight, nine thousand times. I never get used to it. And usually I have to fight the devil some way anyway. If it's not this, it's that. <laughs> you know. Matthew chapter 5, you want to look at this. And I'm preaching on the possibilities of the second mile. The first few things I say probably don't have too much to do with that. But it'll work you through down to what we want to get to. Matthew chapter 5. Look, I'm going to highlight in your, if you can, without me reading 20 or so verses, we're going to start off just looking at something here that I think will help you. What I'm looking at is the second mile opportunities that never come to first mile, to first mile Christians. Are you got me there? Opportunities, things that happen in the second mile that do not happen in the first mile. Now watch, if you will. In verse 21, Jesus says, Ye, uh, ye have heard. Look at verse 22. But I say unto you. Look down again at verse 27. Ye have heard. Verse 28. But I say unto you. <clears throat> 31. It hath been said. Verse 32. But I say unto you. Verse 33. Ye have heard. Verse 34. But I say unto you. Verse 38. Ye have heard. Verse 39. But I say unto you. Verse 40. 41. <clears throat> if any man will hear, or rather will sue thee at law, this is not my verse, but I want to read it, and take away thy cloak, coat, let him have thy cloak also. Verse 41. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Verse 43. Ye have heard it have been said, verse 44, but I say unto you. Now what's going on here is Jesus is quoting what people say. But then he comes back and he contradicts what they say. For example, but I say unto you, verse 22, but I say unto you, 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 sometimes the Lord contradicts what people say. I have heard stuff, I have heard people tell me stuff Far, far beyond what the Bible talks about. But there's a, there is that, that little verse right there. For, uh, let me just give you this. He contradicted their thoughts on anger, verse 21, 22. He contradicted their thoughts on adultery, verse 27, 28. He contradicted their thoughts on authority, verse 33, 34. He contradicted their thoughts um, on uh, animosity and revenge, and he contradicted their thoughts on a proper response and proper actions and reactions to things that go on in your life. But I want to look at verse 41 and preach on the possibilities of the second mile. I think that I, I can safely say that if there are obviously are some new believers in here. When we start off, we're babes in Christ, according to the Scriptures. We don't even know there's a second mile yet. We're, we're so, so, so taken with this matter of being born again, saved by the grace of God. It's all new to us. I remember when I got saved, when I got born again, 
uh, Father's Day, 1972, and the preacher would get up and preach. I'd say, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But by the way, within a month or two, I'm out knocking on doors, and I still, I, all I knew was I'm saved, and I could tell somebody how I got saved, how I got born again. And then God continues to grow us. If you got saved recently, stay in the Word of God, stay in the house of God, and God will grow you to the point where you can't be happy in the first mile anymore. You've got to get out of the first mile and get into the second mile of life. Now, I want to show you, what, if I can, the possibilities are beyond our, our comprehension in the second mile in this Christian life. Here's what the Bible says. Whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Twain, two. Here's our problem, and our problem is, is a lot of times we're happy in the first mile. Now, don't turn there. Please don't turn there. For 2 Corinthians 5, 14, the love of Christ constraineth us. And what that means is it, it compels us to do something, to go forward, to go deeper, um, to be, become stronger, mightier for Christ. Constrained. It's a pressing, um, urgent pressing for us to move on in this Christian life. Now, I'm not... I'm not adding anybody in here. I'm just preaching, okay? I don't know where you are in your Christian life. I don't know what your hobbies and habits are. I, I, don't, know what's got, I don't know what's got your attention. I, I have no clue. But all I know is, is this. There, can I just tell you? I'll, I'll tell you a little bit later. A church can survive with first-mile Christians, but it can thrive with second-mile Christians. And the reason why you're celebrating 34 34 years anniversary, Pastor, I know this for sure. The reason that you people are celebrating 34 years of the grace of God, the work of God, the blessings of God is because there have and still are second-mile Christians. I don't, I don't want to offend anybody in here. That's not my intention. But honestly, I don't want you offended. All I want to do is say, you're, you're precious. There's some, there's some precious saints of God. They, they were the ones that were doing, doing all the ministry things. They were doing the visiting. They were doing the cooking, the cleaning. They were doing everything. They've got on up in age like me and some other folks that are around here. So the, the second mile for them is different now than what it was in their life. It's gone. We're living in such a, an age... Um, where we don't even want to go the first mile sometimes. We walk Turkey Creek. That's, a, that's a, about a, I don't know, two mile in and out that follows the creek. And there are people that got on their stuff and they're focused and they don't want to be bothered in life. Well, I'm the kind of person that bothers folks. I, I bother people on purpose. I'll say funny stuff to get their attention and get a conversation going. I'm just telling you. Are y'all with me? I got another message. I'm not preaching here, but I got another. I got another message. I preach uh, on the idea of us being a closed-in people. We 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 used to put up fences to keep animals in. We used then we put up chain links to keep the dogs in place. Then we put up privacy fences to keep everybody and their nose out of our business. And now we're so private that we can't even get into the second mile. Are y'all with me? Right. Anyway, my thoughts. My thoughts are running uh, along this. The things that, uh, 
that, that we see and experience in the second mile that we'll never see in the first. We had some second mile experiences yesterday, didn't we, preacher? We're, and it was, it was wonderful. In fact, uh, I'm still naive. I've had people have promised me the moon. I'm, I'm talking about just promise me, oh, you can count on me. Door knocking, door knocking. We'll be there. I have, all, I, I have pretty much always believed they'll be there. And sometimes they are. I was telling Pastor yesterday, and this is just for your encouragement. I was telling Pastor, about four or five months ago, I handed a man a track in a Chick-fil-A in our town. Did not conversate with him. Hand him a track. Two months. Two months later, here comes a man walking across the parking lot. I didn't even recognize him because I had really had no, uh, no interaction with him except to invite him to church and give him a track. He comes in. We greet him. How are you and who are you and so forth. I won't go into all the detail. And finally, I turned to him. I said, how did you find out about our church? He said, that track you gave me. He's a member of our church. Now, he's a member of our church. Anyway, the things happen in that second mile. And, and if we're not careful, we'd be happy in the first mile and miss all those possibilities. I, I'm not saying you don't take the... Uh, Opportunities you have, but I'm telling you this: more than likely, there's somebody in here that you're still living in the first mile. And it could be that God may just say, "There's more to it than this." You know, there's some people that uh, they're happy with me and my four and no more. We can never be happy with me and my four and no more. There, there are those second mile possibilities in America, and even in the average church, even by the way, in Baptist churches, and sometimes. Even in fundamental independent Baptist churches, we're used to going only so far, doing only so much, paying so little that we miss the blessings of the second mile. Sometimes the blessing is beyond the expected. Now, you need to hold on to that thought. Sometimes the blessing is beyond the expected. Stay with me. Sometimes... You're doing all the right things, but you haven't gone the second mile. So are you going to name some of them? I'm going to name some of them in just a few minutes. Some of those first mile things. The first mile is law. That's what's expected. If you're saved, you ought to be in church. Right? If you're saved, you ought to read your Bible, right? If you're, if you're saved, if you're born again. By the way, if you're unsaved, we don't expect you to tithe. But if you're saved, that's first mile. All that stuff is first mile. Anyway, the first mile is law. And by the way, we're not saved by law. We're saved by grace. But the first mile is law. This is what you ought to do. You'll find that many times in, in the Word of God. The first mile is law. Expected. That's the least that we ought to do. By the way, Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. And many other verses in the Word. But listen to this one. The second mile is grace. That's what we do beyond what's expected. That's what we do beyond expected. You know what? Preaching in the pulpit is one of the... One, it's, it's, it's my life. That's what God called me to. But did you know out there is my second mile? This is my first mile. God called me to preach. My first mile. But out there is my second mile. I was walking by a young man in the church. Y'all would know him, Brother Rob. 
I was, I was walking by, this is many years ago, I was walking by him and just blurted out to him, do you want to talk about it? And he said, yes. We went to my office and he said, he wasn't saved, but he got saved. He, he said, uh, I had determined that I was going to leave here today and commit suicide. He'd already attempted before, by the way. But anyway, and he's, he's not, I think he's living in Pan, uh, Panama City now, but he's, he's still in church. That, that little thing right there, I could have passed on by. You say, well, he was in church. Well, there's a lot of, well, there's a lot of people in church that need help. And, and when we're in that second mile, we might be the one that says to them something that will help them in their moment. I couldn't believe some stuff that I heard this morning. preacher was preaching. He was talking about what, what happens to people. And there's, there's so many of those things and so many of those opportunities. But the second mile is grace. And, and by the way, um, it's done out of a tender, caring, God-loving servant's heart. Did you know this? This is what I know for sure. I know that if God ever gets our heart. Now, we're, we're saved. We're born again. We're washed in the blood. We've accepted Christ. He's got our heart. But if he ever gets that servant's heart and that second mile heart and that taking up his cross daily, if we ever get that heart, we can't help it. We'll get a good case of the can't help it when we're out and about in our lives, where we work, where we, where we eat, wherever we go, in our neighborhood. We'll have a second mile heart. Only God knows what's in here in the way of somebody that might be sitting on their gift. I've, heard, I've had people tell me, I just don't know how to talk. And Lord, I mean, you get them around certain things and cars and cars and games and, 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 they're, and, and they're zero heroes. And you, boy, you, they get talking then. Are y'all still with me? The second mile is grace. It's done out of a heart that loves the Lord. I can tell you this. Um, God wants us all the way in and all the way out. That's where He wants us. Say, preacher, this is a good church and everything's going well and it's well all by the Spirit of God and all that. And the truth of the matter is, is only God knows what can be done. Listen. We had a conversation with a young man where we were eating last night and I'll tell you what, my wife got in tears because he sounded like one of our grandsons talking. And by the way, I expect him to come. He may not be here this week, but the pastor got to talk with him. And <clears throat> that's, that's the second mouth stuff. How many, don't, don't answer. How many of you rub, rub your area, you rub shoulders, you, you're in the same area with some people and maybe you thought, well, they're okay and everything's all right. But the truth of the matter is, is you don't ever know. You don't ever know who's going through what. And you find them when, when you're in the second mile. Let's go on. We have to go beyond the expected in this Christian life to find sometimes those people that you'll never find any other way or any other place in life. In fact, many times it's a gracious deed that's done in the second mile that tenderizes the heart of people. Brother Rob Wright right there and, and Miss Lisa, I don't know how many people they brought to faith that got saved. 
Danny Williams. Danny Williams, and I'll mention, not him, but I'll just mention this on down in this message right here, but you don't ever know. Danny, Danny Williams, he'd repair a car for somebody on base, but when they went to try to pay him, he said, no, here's what you owe me. You've got to come to church. They'd come to church and get born again. I'd give him a handkerchief out. Nothing like seeing somebody come to Jesus Christ. Nothing like coming, seeing somebody touched by God and realizing, just like I was, and realizing I'm not saved, and hearing the Word of God, oh my goodness, and bowing their head and praying that sinner's prayer from their heart, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I know that I don't deserve it, but I believe you died for me. Come into my heart and life and save me. By the way, that is it. And that's what happened to me. And that testimony he was talking about, when I'd come home, I'd go down in the basement and work on an old car, or I'd load up that old van with some fishing poles and some golden grubs <coughs> and head off down to the pond and fish. Hey, when I got saved, I'd come home from work. She's cooking supper. That's when people actually ate together. But anyway... Um, She'd be fixing supper. Supper is at nighttime, folks. Dinner, uh, dinner for us is down there at 12 or so, okay? But anyway, when I got saved, I mean, I was busy in life. Oh, boy. When I got saved, I'd come home from work at Georgia Power Company. Um, and uh, well, actually, I got saved uh, uh, when I was in business, not Georgia Power Company. But when I was out of Georgia Power Company, I did all that stuff. But anyway... I was in business at the time. When I come home, I had a children's Bible based on the King James Bible, by the way. And I was soaking up the Word while she did that. While she fixed that meal, I'm soaking it up. I can't wait to get back to church. Say that, surely to goodness, that's not normal. You better believe it's normal for us when we get born again to get hungry for the Word of God. According to the Bible, we're supposed to desire. In fact, God puts it in us. <laughs> desire the sincere. You know what the sincere means in the Bible, by the way? It's easy to study King James Bible. It's written on a small level. Sincere means pre-digested. That's like propitiation simply means pacify. So if you ladies have a pacifier, you put in your child, your baby's mouth, you're putting, you're, you're, that's what you're putting in there. Right? Satisfying you. They're not getting anything out of it, but anyway, it's kind of helping you for the moment. But, but anyway, Jesus made an, an, an astounding statement in Matthew 5, 20. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. Wow. Let me tell you this about the cults along this line. Jehovah Witness Mormons. I, I saw the Mormons out yesterday here, in the, somewhere in the area. They go. The problem is they don't take truth with them. And shame on us when they go and don't take truth, and we don't go, but we have truth. Is everybody with me? By the way, you need to know this. Both of them, neither one of those denominations believe that Jesus is God. And the truth of the matter is, is you must believe that He is God in flesh and did come and die on an old rugged cross in your place. 
for you. But they go and they sow, but they don't sow truth. They will not tell you you must be born again through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? There are other denominations that also teach works salvation. And there is no work that you can work to earn your salvation because Jesus Christ died on the cross. And this was the work. He said, I must work the works of Him that sent me. And His work was what He died on that cross and took upon Him. You quoted 2 Corinthians 5, 21 to the young man last night. For he, for he, God, hath made Him, Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. So if you're here and you're, and you're lost, here's what happened. When Jesus died on the cross, your sin was paid. But you can't get it because it'd be like this. If I was a millionaire and I wrote you a check and handed you a check for a million dollars, if you don't go to the bank and, ch- and, and cash it, you don't have a million dollars. So Jesus died in your place on that cross. He, he died for you on the cross. He paid your debt. But until you're receiving by faith and repentance and faith, you can never, ever, ever be saved. Stay with me. So now let me get you the first mile Coming to church is the first mile. It's what you ought to do. Amen? That's what I ought to do. But when I got saved, that's what I wanted to do. That's the, coming to church is the first mile. But listen to this. Reaching out is the second mile. You, 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 you're a good Christian and you're right with God about this. If you come and, you, and, and you're faithful to church, you sit here. When the door's open, this, by the way, that's why I'm not shaking your hands. But you're right. Thank God for you. Thank God you're here. That's first mile. That's what we'll do. But the second mile is when we leave here and we go out and and we see a neighbor or we see a coworker. Or we, and by the way, you don't have to preach at them. All you got to do is just be a witness and be available and be ready. And when the when the when the subject comes up, be ready to speak. Be ready to say it. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's a wonderful thing when somebody recognizes that there's a difference in us and they know they don't have it, and the conversation comes up. First mile, coming to church. But the second mile is leaving the church, going out into a lost and dying world. And are we in one now that is confused? I identify as a male. My pronouns are he and him. I am a Christian, a man. I am a fundamental independent Baptist, and this is how I identify myself. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Sunday school, first mile. I'm glad you come to Sunday school. Come all the time. You'll learn. You'll grow. Sunday school's first mile. Yeah. Listen on. Sunday night, that's, that's first mile. By the way, COVID, a lot of people, uh, I understand all this stuff, but anyway, a lot of people have used COVID. Um, are y'all with me? A lot of people have used COVID as their excuse, and now there's an there, there's a, there's a online generation out there. By the way, we I, I had COVID, I think I had it twice. I know I had it once. I was all, you know, all that. And there was a little bit of time that we had to do something. Because it went through our church, boom, like that. We had about, I don't know, eight or ten, fifteen at one time. I was one of them. Charlie was one of them. 
But time to get back. Yeah, time to get back. Sunday school. Sunday night. Wednesday night. Nowhere in the Bible does it say meet on Wednesday night. Well, here's what the Bible says. This is what Jesus said. Once whoever is bound by the church on earth, it's bound by God in heaven. So if the church decides that you, if you, you're a member of the church and the church has church on Thursday night, you, then you come Thursday night. If the church has church on Wednesday night, then you come on Wednesday night. That's first mile. This is where you learn. This is where you grow. You know, this is where you get teaching. This is where, by the way, you know, missionary, you have the emphasis on, on missions and things like that. That's first mile. Now, watch on. Of course, being in revival services, first mile. But listen to this one here. This, the first mile, praying for the need of others is first mile. Thank God for praying people. Thank God for... I, we were somewhere the other day. Oh, yeah. We were in a church. And, and this uh, lady <coughs> said to me, and it had been a long time ago, and I can't remember because I was in three meetings, but anyway, um, which one were we in? But she said, oh, at Brother Parton's in uh, Forge, Freedom Baptist Church. And this lady said, I have prayed, she told me, she said, I have prayed for y'all ever since the first day I met you. Honey, that had to be 15 years ago. People out there praying for me that I don't even know it. And by the way, we're praying for people. They don't even know we're praying for them. Praying for somebody, your pastor, your church, your, your, your co-members here, that's first mile. That, that's what we ought to do. We're living in such a... Uh, hey, things are coming at us so fast. We better be a praying. But that's first mile. Anyway, praying for the need of others, first mile. Going to those in need, second mile. Let me tell you a little story. This is just, okay, can I just be myself? In 1986, when I became the pastor at Faith, I told the church, first message I said, I am me. I'm not going to be anybody else because if I'm not me, who's going to be me? I was in this little church, our little church right now, and, uh, and the Spirit of God put on me. By the way, this is not about me. This is about how God works. But there's a couple, there was a family in our church, and I knew that he was, uh, in, in, um, probably had a little bit of need. He didn't come and say, I need so and so and so. But I knew. Well, I'll tell you what I did. I took out of my pocket, I took just a $20 bill. I'm telling you all the fact. I turned around, never said a word, shook his hand. He never said a word back to me. I went on about my business. Are y'all with me? <clears throat> now, that's, that's getting into the second mile, okay? Tithing is first mile. Mission, by the way, is first mile. That's what y'all do. I'm telling you a fact. I had to go to Lowe's. <laughs> and this was another day or two later. I had to go to Lowe's. And I, de I debated, Pastor, on whether I would go across the bridge to Destin to that Lowe's, which is quicker, but it cost me the bridge thing. Or go to Crestview, which is a little bit further, but I don't have to mess with no bridge. And so I chose over to Destin. I got out of my little car over there, and I, and I walked by, and there was one of those island things, you know, donut things in the parking lot, and laying there, <coughs> laying there, was what I thought was a piece of play money. Yeah, it was play money, all right. I walked over and picked up a $50 bill, Chris Band New, stuck in my pocket and said, thank you, Lord. 
Are y'all, are, are y'all listening to me? I'm telling you this. I didn't have to give the guy. By the way, there are people in here, you have done the same thing, and you know you have, and you know you don't expect anything back, but God, the Bible says, He loves a cheerful giver. Not only that, I tell you, there's a promise with it. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Listen to this. And I'm just, I'm not preaching on giving, I'm just telling you. Giving shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over shall men give into your bosom, for with what measure you meet it, it shall be meted to you again. That's what the Bible says. Are y'all hearing me? The second mile is different than the first mile. Hey, tithing is just the first mile thing. Giving to missions is the first, first mile thing. Taking on other missionaries personally is a second mile thing. Are you still with me? Second mile. Going to those in need. There are people that have been won to Jesus Christ by some person that just walked up and says, anything I can do for you, you're like in your neighborhood. Can I do, like the older people in your, uh, most of all of us in my neighborhood are old. We've grown old together. But, but anyway, you just don't know what God will do with you if you just step out of the first mile to get in the second one. So I just want to see something done. Do you believe that God can use you to do something special and unusual in somebody else's life? Do you believe that God can do that? I know he can. I know he will. I got so many stories. They're all there up in here somewhere of how God, not only me, my wife, my church family, people like Brother Rob and Lisa and Mike back there in Florence, God bless y'all, people, hundreds of people, how God has blessed in the second mile. Oh, wow. I don't believe we're to give just to anybody, by the way, in need. I believe we're supposed to be led by the Holy Spirit of God. But I believe sometimes God will allow someone to suffer. And then He will allow some of us to come along and let them see what a real Christian's like. Boy, this, this world right now is needing to see some real Christians. And, and I, I don't want to get into a whole bunch of stuff, but... What this world now is to see some real, genuine, born-again Christians. Do you know right now, I will not be surprised. I, I'm, t- I'm telling you, I will not be surprised if fundamental Christianity is not um, um, uh, made to be a, a, a national terrorist organization. Not in those words. Right now, it's um, on the news all, all the time about us because, and, and it's not just fundamental independent Baptists, it's just people take a stand. Take stand for the things of God. But anyway, reading the Bible. Reading the Bible. When I was in Tennessee Temple, <coughs> when I was in Tennessee Temple, back in the dark ages, this is for you. I was born in the first, ha- first half of the last century. Anyway. I know you're going to try to calculate it, but I'll just tell you, I'm old. (laughs) In July the 1st, I'll be older. But anyway, there was a guy, there was a guy, and um, he he had memorized a lot of the the, uh, Revelation, book of Revelation. And he'd go around campus uh, quoting so fast and furious that you could half understand, but you knew he was in the book of Revelation. 
And it was a point of pride. But he beat his wife, too. Right? Just reading, just reading our Bibles, first mile. But when you take that Bible and you take that truth of that Word of God and you take it with you where you go, see, the truth will set you free. It'll make you free. And it'll also, it, it, it will give you wisdom and, and the knowledge of God and the Spirit of God is able to use the Word of God. <clears throat> but first mile is reading. I recommend, and I know your pastor does too, that you read your Bible through. I do. I recommend that you read daily. I recommend that. I do that. I never have preached anything that I'm not willing to do or am doing. But reading the Bible is the first mile, and studying the Bible is the first mile. But putting the Bible into practice and putting the Word of God into practice and living that Word out there, not just in here. Hey, we can come in dressed up and all nice and pretty, right? Let me tell you all something. I was, I was in, in this meeting uh, in North Carolina. This was two weeks ago. I was in this meeting, and I'm careful... I'm careful about getting close to ladies and things like that. I'm very guarded in this thing. But it was in the church, and, and the lady, elderly lady, and she might not be here, you know, all that. But she got my hand, and, and she held on to my hand and said she was warming her hand up. My hand didn't need warming up. <laughs> Thank God my grandson called at that time. And <laughs> oh, y'all, listen to me. I'm just preaching, okay? So we leave... At the end of that meeting, and we go to a restaurant, and we're we're talking, and I didn't realize that the waitress uh, was uh, right over there, but she was in earshot, and I had just told uh, the person that, that was with us there that thing. I just said, you know, that she held onto my hand and didn't turn it loose, and I, I wouldn't say nothing mean or ugly. And she came over and she said, I, I, and she said, she's mean. That lady is mean. I said, hold on. Here I am. Trying, you know, leaving tracks, trying to get blessed, and now somebody's brought up somebody that's not living that word right there. Hey, read it, heed it, put it into practice in life. That's the second mile. It's not only just to read the word of God, not only just to come to church, not only not only just to pray for those that are in need, but that second mile is that second mile is where the work really begins. Reading the Bible is the first mile. Living it and sharing the truth of it with others is the second mile in your life. <clears throat> you don't need to turn there, but in Luke chapter 10, verse 30 through 37, you got uh, the Good Samaritan. You know, this, this man was beaten, robbed, was passed by by two religious crowd. But the good Samaritan. You remember Samaria was a mixed multitude there. And the Jews didn't go through. They went around. But Jesus went into, he said, I must needs be go through Samaria. Why did he must needs be go through Samaria? Because the woman was at the well. And he met the woman at the well. And one of the, one of the, one of the texts that gives us so much truth about Jesus and salvation and life change is in chapter 4. He must needs be go through Samaria. I must needs go here, there, somewhere else. Get out of my comfort zone and get out there and live this word where people need it. It's great that you are congregated here. This is wonderful that we're congregated here. 
But the real thing is out there. I'm talking about preaching is wonderful and people get saved. And I, I don't know how many people have been saved in my ministry. And I have never kept up with it. That's God's business, not mine. But second-mile Christians are the ones that get the people out there. That's right. First mile is expected. Second mile is what we do to go beyond the expected because we love Jesus. Say, love Jesus, yes. That's what gets us. You can be a first mile Christian the rest of your life and go to heaven and enjoy eternity. But there is a judgment seat of Christ. That's right. You can be a first you can be a first mile Christian. You can come to church, you can tithe, you can sing the song. You can give the missions. You can come Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday night, you can come at Wednesday night. You can come to revivals, <coughs> special meetings, and still be a first-mile Christian. But it's when you get out, and when you go beyond the expected, is when you become second-mile Christian. In the second mile, listen to a few things, and I'm gone. second mile is the best leg of this journey. The second mile, we may reach a lost person. The second mile, we may reclaim a wayward saint. You never know. I didn't know, preacher, I didn't know that, that John Newton was a Christian. I didn't know he was in between. I didn't, I didn't know. God knew it. He put me there at that time to hand this man a tract because he loved him. You never know. The second mile, we may rejoice a discouraged saint. There's probably somebody in here already. You're discouraged. You got a heavy load. Something hadn't turned out right. Second mile Christians are those ones that say, Hey, I love you. I pray for you daily. If you ever need anything, let me know. Hello? Are you all with me? The second mile could be changing the tire. There have been people that have been saved because they had a flat tire. And some Christian came along, pulled over. You know what's going on right now? Can I just talk to y'all, nobody here but us? There are Christians that pass by, just like we saw, we'll see in Luke chapter 10, that just pass by the opportunities. Well, it's not my problem. And I'm in a hurry. I need to be so-and-so. I was thinking the other day, preacher, people fuss and fight over... Uh, getting on airplanes. Getting mad and getting angry. Well, some people have done that. and Their plane, all right. But their plane went down. You know Ed Carter? No? Anybody here ever heard of Evangelist Ed Carter? Tennessee Temple. You have? Tennessee Temple. He was there when I was there. Good man. He played on, uh, I don't know if it was old state or where it was. Somebody may remember where it was. His grandmother called him up. She was a Christian. She was a saint. She was, she was born again. She loved Jesus. She called him up and said, don't, not, don't get on that airplane. You understand? He's going to play some big game. This is college. He did not get on the plane and it went down and they were all killed but him. You never know. You just never know what you're doing. 
when you step out of your comfort zone and you get in the second mile, you may find you'll get to see some wonderful things happen. Second mile could be a life change. It could be changing a tire. It could be repairing a car. I just mentioned a little bit ago. It, it could be um, <clears throat> sending a note. A note. Just a note. Just a little note. You see somebody. You know. You see somebody in church and you think, and, and it could be the Lord is telling you this. They've got a. They've got a burden. They've got a problem. Maybe they don't. And you won't make a mistake sending them a note anyway. It'll encourage them. Just say, I love you. I'm praying for you. If there's anything I can do for you, let me know. You know, just being a real Christian. How about this? Making a visit. Yeah. Shaking a hand. Yeah. Mowing the yard. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen many yards here. Anybody can mow. I'm thinking, oh, man. This is the best I've ever seen this. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Yeah. Lending a hand, handing a track, going to the station. <laughs> Let me give you this. Just have a few written down. Lost souls are found in the second mile. Troubled youth are found in the second mile. Confused people are found in the second mile. Sinners that know something's wrong are found in the second mile. As I said, backsliding slidden saints are found in the second mile. They're out there. Churches are built by second mile Christians. Pastors are encouraged by second mile Christians. Yeah. Main thing is that God is glorified in second mile Christians. You know, I was thinking. I was thinking about the, and I got more um, questions to ponder. Are you only a first mile Christian? Are you tired of living in the first mile and you want to see God do more things in you and through you? Are you ready for an exciting life? What it takes is being discontented. I have a message that I'm not here, but I'll tell you what it has to do with the curse of a normal life. I'm, I'm not preaching it. The curse of, of a normal life. Can I tell you this? That if you read this Bible right here, especially New Testament, you're going to find the people that Jesus interacted with and we see them saved and living for God are the ones that were not living normal lives. The woman at the well, married five times, was living with somebody who wasn't even her husband. Right? The pool of Bethesda, you talked about that, anybody. Crippled people, blind. Blind man at beautiful gate. Just about all of them had something going on in their lives. There is a curse of a normal life. And in that normal life, you can be at ease in Zion. You can say, everything's wonderful, peachy cream. I'm happy as a lark. I'm ready to go. But the truth of the matter is, is that's not where God wants us to live. He wants us to get out of that and get into that second mile. And when we get, when we get to heaven, 
and we're at the judgment seat of Christ, we can lay our crowns at His feet and say, All glory to God. Thank you, God, that you stirred me up and I got in all the way and got busy and became a follower of you. And thank you, God, that I was able and willing to get out of that first mile beyond what's expected in my life and do some of the most amazing things by the grace and help of God in the second mile. You can live in the first mile if you want to, but that's not where God wants us. He wants us in the second mile. That's where, you, that's where you get the fruit. That's where you see, see things happen. That's where the joy of God comes when you are able to see somebody get born again by the grace of God. And I will say one more time, and I'll quit, and that is this. The church can survive on first-mile Christians, but it will really thrive on second-mile Christians. It'll go out. We'll be a witness where you are. We'll love people in spite of themselves. Hey, sinners need a Savior. And, yeah, they look, they look, sometimes we'll get turned off and we'll, we won't want to reach out to them. What if, I, what if they get mad? What if they get, I've had them get mad with me. I've had them, I've, I've just had people. But the truth of the matter is, is, if you do it kind, do it in love, do it right, if they get mad, that's, that's something you can deal with. But, if you want to see revival in church, somebody's in here. If you're faithful... You're in the church when church is going on and you do all those right things. There's another step. It's not far from where you are. Just say, God, I want to be a second mile Christian. I don't want to just go to heaven alone, be happy and live in heaven forever. That you got a purpose for me in this life. I want to know that purpose. I want to see it. I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of what you're doing on this earth until you're finished with it. Father in heaven. 